Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Sports Bar with Danger and Vitaglia. I'm looking forward to a new beginning here and an opportunity to gain more production on a more consistent basis. Mike Danger. He needs to go. It's done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out on McDermott. He needs to go. This is it. It's over. We don't need to lose the games the way they're losing these games. It's almost always on the head coach. You're not going as far as you think you're going. You're never going to get to where you want to go with that guy leading your organization. Gene Battaglia. This feels like the end of the season. Like, somebody brings my attention which team made a move like this and all of a sudden was hoisting Lombardi's trophy at the end of the year. That doesn't happen. To me, this is Sean McDermott trying to save his own job for next year and trying to reset everything. Seven That's games. It. Sabres fall 5-2. to two. It was pretty much Bruins from start to finish. Oh, man, oh, man, what a move by Tage Thompson. The night being Black Postal's 1,000th game. And when you get your captain back, it's huge. We're a different team with, with Michael Mersh in our lineup. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Jeremy White from WGR going to be joining us in about 20 minutes or so. And I'm going to tell you why the NFL should be ashamed. Ashamed, I tell you. <laughs> Explain why right. in a couple minutes here. It's time for I'll Drink to That in the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia, glad you're with us and appreciate you listening at 95.7 FM, AM 950. Uh, inside the Odyssey app, of course, our video stream up at the Fan Rochester on YouTube, also on Twitch, even on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. Gino, what do you got? Well, so let's start here and the reports in the last 24 hours. Florio saying that the Patriots won't fire Bill Belichick, but rather he would be traded. And that was echoed, actually, by Orlovsky going on uh, the McAfee show. Orlovsky claiming that they already know where Bill Belichick is going to get traded, which that would be kind of interesting if this was being worked out. But then Orlovsky stopping short there saying, oh, I I can't tell you where. So he has an inkling, uh, somebody telling him, hey, yes, we're, we're interested in trading for Bill Belichick. Yep, and the guys on that show were suggesting it's the Chargers. Okay, well, the Chargers could very well be in the market for uh, you know, a head coach, and we know the teams that are going to be looking for a head coach. Uh, Washington, it uh, looks like. Certainly Vegas, maybe Chicago. <sighs> Danger, this was actually on Nesson today. Mm-hmm. So I, I write out these takes in the morning, and I'm like, oh, here we go. What was the take from Nesson? Where should they trade Bill Belichick? He would be perfect in Buffalo. This is the New England Sports Network today making the suggestion, and I can read there. Look, 
here's my take on Belichick. He is the greatest head coach of all time. Why wouldn't you want him? Well, for one, he's tarnished. <laughs> look, look, Bill Belichick right now, to me, is everything I read about Willie Mays at the end. I was too young to see this, but Mays, arguably the greatest all-around outfielder of all time, he stayed way past his prime to the point where he's tripling and st- tripping and stumbling in the outfield as a New York Met. I didn't see any of this. This is what I read about. I don't need the Willie Mays version, the Willie Mays Mets version, okay, of a head coach in Buffalo. I'm sorry. All right. I do not want Bill Belichick in Buffalo, and I don't think it would work for that matter. Plus, you know, did you not hear what Fran Levy said, the wife of Marv Levy? He's a mean person. Yes, he's mean, and I don't like him at all because he said mean things to my husband, Marv, and then Marv threw him down the stairs, and then and Bill grabbed my anklet, and it broke, and then Bill's glasses fell off, and then Marv's, Marv broke his hip, and I'm suing everybody. I um, <laughs> I don't find Bill Belichick to be the greatest head coach of all time. I know the rings. I know the Super Bowl. You you said one time they should rename the Lombardi Trophy. I did because he's won it more than anybody. They should rename the Lombardi Trophy the Belichick Trophy. So why why would that not make him the greatest of all time? Bill Walsh is the greatest head coach of all time. Not because he he had the rings, but also he had the legacy. I mean, we're st- there are still coaches today in the NFL that have branched off from the Bill Walsh coaching tree with great success. And you can't say the same thing about Bill Belichick. Plus he's a cheater. He cheated. Yeah. Plus he's a cheater. So I, I always, I'll look, I'll, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. It's hard to dispute the success. You can't dispute the success. He's got the rings. But what did he do to get those rings? And why? Why has nobody under the Bill Belichick coaching tree gone on to... Could it be that Bill Belichick is just a bad human being? Well, he's not there to mentor the guys. He's just there to... Is that part of what a leader does? You don't even... It's effortless if you're a good leader. You just make those around you better. It's effortless. They've gotten positions. Oh, of course they've and gotten they positions. Flop. Yes. And they all suck. Every one of them. Name one. Uh, right. <laughs> Andy Reid, a disciple of Bill Walsh. You Nick, Nick argue- Saban. Okay. Well, that, that, that's going way, way back. Right. But Andy Reid, a disciple of Bill Walsh, when it's all said and done, might be the greatest of all time, but he would still be the guy that had the most success to come from the Bill Walsh coaching tree. I just I, well, so our official position on the show is this. All right, that McDermott got one foot out the door, right? Like, like the, the, if we were running things, right? We don't want to be the have the Buffalo Bills as being one of those teams that could trade for. Bill can Belichick. I tell you something, man? I know hindsight and, and is you know twenty twenty, but if we could if we could have an official position. We should have fired his ass after 13 seconds. What was that? That should have been enough. That was enough. That should have been it. Keep Dable, fire him. Yeah. Yeah. That should have been it right there. That that should be our official position. I'm with you. I'm not into Belichick coming to Buffalo. I think that would be a mistake. 
I would not be excited about. Yo, we got the greatest head coach of all time. I mean, I do think you need to, I, I know that there are very few coaches out there that have that clout, that cachet that I'm talking about, that authority that can come in immediately, command an organization, command a room, lead men. The thing I won't be excited about is if they move on from McDermott and they hire another first-time head coach. That would be scary. No, no. <laughs> it's like you, you. I don't want a coach coming in and cutting his teeth here, right? I and I fear that that's what would happen. So again, you know, we have a couple of fears in the oh, back I, of our minds. Yeah, I have a lot of fears. Right, but the, the one that we mentioned earlier, like if McDermott leaves, does Camp leave with him? Okay, say it's say it is Harbaugh that would come in. <laughs> are we doing this for you've got this beautiful grass field i've got the best training facility and you're gonna make me go sleep in yeah. a dorm room for two weeks get out of here with harbaugh that. would probably say hey what what do the players want well the pl- <laughs> okay news flash what do you guys want we want to be home good we're done well yeah if you believe what we've been told they all love coming to camp josh allen loves coming to camp brandon josh, bean yeah. josh sean mcdermott they love coming to camp I don't know. I think Brandon Bean does for reasons. Oh, like, yeah. We like, know like, why like Brandon, a, Bean. Yeah, Brian, Brandon Bean does, you know. And, yeah, I believe it when he says that. that That's yeah. something we could all relate to. Oh, you know, I just like getting away because yeah, the, yeah, uh, the night feeds. You don't have to worry about anything. I could just, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't have to go to CVS. And, you know, I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, it's a great setup. It's a great town. They, they embrace us. Um, it's not too far away. Um, you know, listen, like anything, there's always a little bit of, ah, I got to go stay in a dorm room. I got to do this. But when the guys get there, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie. There's a lot of fun. And, and it takes pressure off if you've got obligations at home, <laughs> taking kids to daycare or night feeds, wherever you are in your family plan. And even, listen to my wife, hey, honey, what time are you leaving? Can you stop by uh, CVS and pick up a prescription yeah, yeah, for yeah, me? Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry about any of that. And I know the players feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Tell us you're a bad husband and father without telling us you're a bad husband and father. He owned it. You asked him about that. Yeah. He knew exactly he the quote. Mrs. Bean is a saint. She puts up with yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, the Browns are going to be without Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season. And I know a lot's going to be made about how much money the team has invested thus far in a guy who's only played 13 games for the organization. The thing with Cleveland is they're a good team this year. It's sad because they can't have nice things. And now, now they have to rely on Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker for the rest of the season. If they want to secure a playoff berth, it's not ideal, but at least Thompson Robinson is a compelling watch. I'm curious about that. There is a player, however, who's on an NFL bench right now, warming a bench and based on his lack of action, I imagine he's more than comfortable just not playing football, which is a sad thing to see. If you're a competitor, if, if Ryan Tannehill actually loved being a starting quarterback. He should be jumping on desks in Tennessee, requesting his release right now. But I imagine he's just comfortable riding the pine and not competing for what's left of his mediocre career. Ryan Tannehill, me first guy, bad teammate, no compete, no heart. He was called a racist this week, too. I don't know if you saw that. Let me add that to yeah, racist. Like, like, wait a second. What is this Only all about? wants to work with white well, quarterbacks. Yeah, like, what is that? Like, what, what, based on what? Yeah, I know. Well, who did that? Was that Deadspin? That was Deadspin. The, the, like, the, that was the, holog- that. the yeah. hologram of Deadspin. Yeah, Deadspin was, is not Deadspin Right, anymore. but I just figured, like, since that's out there, like, no, I don't. <laughs> if 
on the Titans. No, why would I not want to do that? The Titans, believe it or not, are farting around. Yeah. They are farting around danger. So why would you give away a quarterback after the deadline? You can't do it. So Ryan, Taylor, I, I'm yeah. not saying that. I, maybe they, may, maybe he's done it. I don't know. But yeah, I would, it's, I it's would, a moot point. If you're Tennessee, I'm not giving him away. Sorry. I, well, he's not their future. He's not their future. But again, you're farting around and say what well, Levis gets hurt and and Willis isn't your guy. No, then it's Willis. Willis is your guy. No, then you stick with Tannehill. Get Tannehill out of there. I can't believe we're having a Tannehill debate. Sorry, Peter Seidler died. We didn't get to this yesterday. Who's he? Not to go Francis. Oh, who cares? Uh, Peter Seidler was 63. <laughs> He's not like the head of Marvel or anything. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Who's the head of Marvel? What was that guy? Stan name? Lee. Stan Lee. Stan Lee right. died. Yeah, Stan Mike, Lee? Stan Lee died. Oh, my God. This is a big deal. Who's Stan Lee? You know, he's the guy that created the Marvel comics. Oh, who cares? Wow. Peter Seiler was the owner of the San Diego Padres. Uh, no cause of death, medical condition, though, prevented him from being uh, you know, down the stretch last year. Why am I bringing this up? Let me connect two stories here, Danger. The Padres missed payroll. They were in danger of missing payroll to the point where they needed to take out a loan of $40 million. This is pro sports. How could you mismanage that? Well, nobody saw their you know cable company they were hooked up with going belly up, and there, there go there, no, there goes the the money coming in. So the Padres are going to have this fire sale. Juan Soto, others could be, well now they're really going to have a fire sale because the owner passed. Okay, so whoever's going to be calling the shots, I'm sure doesn't like losing money. Um, not only will this be the biggest fire sale in baseball history, or at least since the Oakland A's of the '70s. Let me connect the two stories here because uh, our, our guy, Jim Riley, put this out today. What's going on with baseball free agency? Yeah. Yeah. Usually baseball free agency has been going on three weeks. Quiet. N- quiet. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Well, I'm going to tell you what this is all about. Why would you go spend all that money? And you know what? I can kind of get a discounted rate here on whatever uh, San Diego needs to be pawning on. Mm. 63. No cause of death. Just life was just too good in San Diego. He had some medical condition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Not sure if you're aware of this. The CFL's Grey Cup is this weekend. I was because Boomer goes way out of his way every year to remind you on Monday Night Football. Yes, he does. He brings out the French accent and everything. Uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes. The NFL gene should be ashamed. Ashamed, I tell you. Someone needs to explain to me how the CFL landed Green Day to play the Grey Cup halftime show while we get stuck with Usher? Look, the quality of play will not compete. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl quality of play will be superior to the Grey Cup, but the halftime entertainment, superior north of the border. Green Day over Usher all day. The NFL should be embarrassed that they got. They got taken by the CFL. Where is the Grey Cup here? Toronto. Oh, it's in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. Better halftime show. Green Day, Usher. It's in it's in Hamilton, actually. Okay. Yeah. Close enough. Um, it, it's Green Day. It's Green Day. Yeah. All day. And look, Usher's fine. Problem with Usher. But I mean, weren't wasn't everybody kind of like underwhelmed when they made that announcement? Like, Usher? You're you're the music person. I am not. Um 
he has like people under him right he's got connections it's gonna be usher and friends right is that kind of like if it's just green day i'm gonna reserve judgment until the end usher and friends usually that's where you you have like this act and that act and cameos everywhere right is that kind of be the expectation i don't know i i doubt it he's in vegas he's got a residency and the super bowl is in vegas Mm. this is just promotion it's just straight up Promotion. Free promotion. Yeah, just straight up promotion of the Vegas residency. Um, but Green Day, oh, that would rock. That would be a fun, but alas, the NFL. Embarrassing. Embarrassing that you got did wrong by the CF the CFL. I might actually tune in just to see the halftime show. I, I've become that fan. I'm the I am to the CFL, what my wife is to the NFL. Oh, who's playing halftime? I'll watch that. I'm, I'm going to watch the Great Cup for the commercials. Sorry, we don't we don't have to worry about. I'm, I was thinking all along, boy, this is going to be the magical year. Bills and Lions in the Super Bowl, <laughs> kind of recalibrated to the point where you and I always come in uh, the last few years on MLK Day because uh-huh. it's, it's a holiday. Oh. <laughs> we we might have a, not have a show that right. Day. We might take MLK off because there's nothing that we want to talk about from the day before, <laughs> no, the, the bills, weekend before. The Bills have been uh, not playing here for uh, ten days. Whatever. It's just sad. It's sad, and it it look. It's not over, but we all see it. We all know. We all recognize it. Well, what does Sunday look like? Sunday late afternoon. There's a lot of emotion. Okay. I'm glad you said late afternoon, and here's why. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to put people in a kind of a sideways mood to They'll begin with. They'll be a little with. edgy. Yeah, and and this is just my observation, not dangers. Jet games tend to be a little more on the side of – I'm going back to the, the drought era here where you get, like, UB students or whatever. Like, it, it, it might have that drought era feel to it where just the bad weather, people drinking, and fights in the stands. So what's going to be bad? Well, compared I mean, to October. Well, I mean, I mean like, like yeah. today, well, didn't it get up like 60 today? Something like that? Like, it doesn't feel like we're entering the holiday season. At least we, we it feels like we've kind of gotten through fall so right. far unscathed. Yeah, cloudy in the high of 42. All right. So it's not typical. Not, yeah, typical. <laughs> Sun is not out, okay? It's not going to yeah. put a smile on your face. Yeah, right, right. Um, Jeremy White, WGR, going to join us next. And I'm sure he's got plenty of thoughts to share with us here in the sports bar on what's transpired here over the last couple of days around the Buffalo Bills. And and while we have him, maybe we'll get his take on the Sabres season up to this point. Bad night last night for the Sabres and a couple of bad games in a row now. Makes you a little bit nervous about the direction of the team. Do they send the kid back to juniors? They can't go into the Amherst. Savoy? There, yeah, no, uh, Benson. Like, oh, Benson. Yeah, Benson's like the clock's ticking for him. And like Thompson's injury... Like those, those should be separate conversations, right? Mm. Like all this, I don't know. We'll ask Jeremy about that. He'll uh, be joining us next here in the sports bar. Happy hour coming up as well. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line, 866-4-F-A-N, 585-866-4326. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. New location, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. WGR's Jeremy White joining us next in the sports bar on the fan Rochester. Surprise your loved ones with the gift of self-care by giving your loved ones a gift card from the spa at the Del Monte this November. For every $250 gift card purchased, 
receive an additional $25 gift card. A gift card allows that special someone to indulge with one of their signature spa treatments, bask in their salon services, and treat themselves to the many luxurious products in the spa at the Del Monte's boutique. Visit them at the spa at the Del Monte or purchase a gift card instantly at DelMonteSpa.com. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A fan Rochester sports update. Short week for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills a seven-point favorite against the Jets on Sunday. And Coach Sean McDermott today talking about the offense going in a new direction. I feel strongly about this, um, that a coordinator position, just like the head coach position, it's it's a leadership position. You better have the X's and O's because the job really boils down to it's a leadership position and all the intangibles that go with developing a culture um, are important. Joe Brady taking over for Ken Dorsey as offensive coordinator. Not practicing today, Jordan Phillips and Trent Sherfield. Christian Benford, Micah High, Cam Lewis, and Dorian Williams. They were all limited. We'll talk to Jeremy White, WGR, coming up next year in the Sports Bar. News out of Cleveland today with Deshaun Watson out for the season. The Browns quarterback has a shoulder injury. Emmerich's back in action tomorrow night in Cleveland. Gene Battaglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Right, and that they do affect momentum, which affects confidence. Um, we're all human, right? So there is a mental aspect of that, the mental toughness of, a, in this case, a, uh, a unit, right? Um, and then... Just the overall, hey, you, you know, those are things you can't do to win games. But so that does, that has gotten in the way. Um, but that goes back to me to, to process and making sure, we're, you know, we're emphasizing everything we need to emphasize. And then it's going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen, right? And you're going to have close games and good plays and bad plays. And at the end of the day, it's about 
um, the mental toughness, the grit, the resiliency of the unit to continue through all of that. WGR's Jeremy White joining us in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. And Jeremy, I think you and I were on the same page uh, Monday night. I saw that you put this out there and I felt the same way. There was never really a moment in Monday's game where I thought the Bills were going to lose, except for when they took the lead. When they took the lead with two minutes to go, I'm like, they're losing this game. I don't know that I should feel that way, and I feel like it boils down to the real problem with the Buffalo Bills. What was your take on Monday night, Jeremy? Uh, Well, the funny thing about Monday night is it's not exactly the best example of a game to fire the offensive coordinator, but it happened because of a culmination of so many mistakes. Monday's game is like, at some point the season is comical. Like, you kind of have to laugh, uh, even though it's, you know, heartbreaking or whatever, disappointing. They took the ball. They never do that on the opening kickoff, right? They win the toss and they say, we'll take the ball, which is, you know what? Forget it. We're going to play wild. Let's do something different. And they fumble on the first play. (laughs) Like, you have to kind of laugh at that. To me, the taking the ball right away is an indication that you are indeed in desperation mode because you're just trying to do something different. The next move would have been to bring the coordinator out of the booth and down to the sideline, right? Isn't that the next uh, on the box to check to do the desperation move? So the game was terrible. Uh, the, the, the mistakes, the turnovers, they were beaten by a team that was begging to get beat. The, the Broncos punts. The Broncos got a free possession after that James Cook fumble and ran the ball three times, including on third and 18. Like, they should have just packed up the bus right away. So, you know, the Bills were beaten by a team that wanted to lose, and you know, something has to change. That that makes sense to me. Well, I, when does this work in sports where midseason you're going to change the coordinator and all of a sudden that, that was the problem there because, okay, so so it'll be Brady calling the offensive plays. Jeremy, it's not like they can design all these new plays and install them week to week, correct? Yeah, I, I think, like, where does it work? There are a couple of places where this is not exactly a football thing, but we are seeing football kind of move towards other sports. And by that, I mean, think of how the NFL trade deadline has moved in the last five years. That The trade deadline in, the end, in baseball and in hockey has been around for a long time, and football's kind of just catching up to that. And I also think that this coordinator thing, in hockey, they fire coaches, and then teams turn it around or start winning. It's not always justified. A lot of times, a coach gets fired because the goalie stops making saves. And then, you know, bring somebody else in, and, hey, the goalie made some saves. Looks like they got a spark. So I tend to think that a lot of the Dorsey discourse has almost been a little bit too dramatic. You know, you got an offense like this one that doesn't work for a couple of weeks. Like, the personal relationships are hard to replace, but I would never stick with a losing project or something that doesn't look like it's going the right way in the interest of continuity, which is, of course, what football tends to be addicted to. It's a, it's a sport where everybody keeps their job, and when you get fired, you just go work for a different friend of yours, and everybody's coaching for 40 years. Um, so will it work? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, their schedule is tough. Their defense is broken a little bit with injuries. Um, but a spark would be nice. And there's a funny little irony here that if Joe Brady, careful Joe Brady, don't be too good because if you're too good, then Bills fans are going to want him as their head coach, right? Like yeah. Brian Dable is a guy that walked out the door and Bills fans kind of lament that he left or, or plenty do. And if Joe Brady is too good, then he has to be replaced or elevated.
Yeah. And I guess that leads right into kind of where we've been for the last 24 hours. I mean, I, I look at all of the moves of the organization and, and there's plenty of material out there to, to read as to why the bills are where they are versus where we think they should be. And, and a lot goes back to the, the loss in the AFC championship game. Of course, you could even go ahead another year and look at 13 seconds. Ultimately, I don't know that Sean McDermott is the guy. I don't know that he, I think he's done a great job of getting them to where they are, but if you need to get to that next step, he hasn't shown us that he is capable of doing that to this point. What's your take on the head coach and and how warm that seat might feel here as the season wraps up? Yeah, I think that the the guy that can't get over the top, if I'm, I'm just trying this on for the first time, is that more often than not a defensive guy because he's forced into changes? Maybe not. I mean, Andy Reid was that, right? Tony Dungy, like guys that had that title and then won. For McDermott, built in is offensive turnover, no matter what. If, you get, if it's really bad, somebody's getting fired. If it's really good, someone's getting replaced. So it is kind of the devil that you dance with when you hire a defensive coach. And I feel like that builds in a small disadvantage. I think he's a good coach. Like, even if you want to move on or, or you think he can only get you to a certain spot, I feel like complimenting the job that he has done. This team has had a great defense for, you know, five, six years. And the only thing that really stops them injuries and perhaps some late game situations that we don't like talk about too much <laughs> offensively. I, I wonder about it. You know, the, the drifting, how, how committed he is to wanting to run the ball. Um, ever since they drafted Dalton Kincaid and wanted to go two tight ends to me, that was really big for me. Like I didn't understand that move, the move to make that kind of change in their offense at all. And they might already be done with that experiment. And then I think about Warren Sharp, Sharp Football, pointed this out for the first time. It's a point that's very obvious to everybody, but for whatever reason, he kind of crystallized it for me. They drafted three running backs in the first three rounds in a span in which they've drafted no wide receivers in the first three rounds. Why do you keep drafting running backs? Chances are it's because you want to run the ball better or differently, or you have a vision of how it should be run like Zach Moss was brought in to run the ball hard and then he had to go and he was traded for nothing. And then, you know, here's Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, he's going to run the ball hard and James Cook's going to be our sub back. I mean, it's just, it's for me, it's always felt like since Brian Dable left, the identity of this team has kind of been up, you know, like a prize on a reality show. Like who's going to get it? Who's going to get the identity? And whether Dorsey was influenced by McDermott, or McDermott's rustling it back. I, I don't know, but it really does feel like identity, which is a point that I almost never want to make because I think it's just a buzzword. But in this case, I think it's legit. Now we're talking to Jeremy White. You hear him uh, on WGR in the mornings. Uh, Jeremy, like as far as, uh, well, this being really the first time in the McDermott era, there's some heat here. The seat is warm. I think we can say that that's fair. Is this the point where we should expect or fans should expect the vote of confidence? We haven't had one at, at this point. Should we expect Brandon Bean to say something at some point? Or maybe, dare I even say, a statement by Terry Pagula? Because, you know, barring that, I mean, it leaves the door open for speculation here. For sure. I mean, speculation's going to be a part of this. You know, the vote of confidence from Bean uh, would Bean be even the one to make the decision. I'm not even so sure that that's the case. And for Terry Fagula, he doesn't really talk that much publicly about, well, really anything uh, outside of the stadium deal. I've had a real tough time believing the seat could be hot because look at what it's taken to get coaches fired by the Pagulas. For the hockey team, they had to be so ungodly bad. Ralph Kruger lost 12 games in a row 
before he got fired. And Phil Housley finished in last place. And then the next year, he finished in like, I don't know, like fifth to last or something. And it was hard for them to make that decision. Like they don't move on from people quickly. I don't think they like looking like they're panicking. And the biggest part is who would they go get? Like if Frank Reich is available, is that an idea? I, I, I just, wouldn't they want somebody that has won Super Bowls? If you're firing a coach because you think he can only get you to a certain level, I feel like the Pagulas would, would want to bring in somebody who's been to that level. So the question is removed. Like Sean Payton could have been the caliber of coach for this, but he's got a job. And I'm not sure that that personality is the right match. I think that, I think how the, how the coach, if there's going to be a replacement treats the Pagulas and communicates with them is every bit as important as everything else to them. I've never felt like McDermott's on the hot seat. And I still really don't. I'm kind of at a spot where I'll believe he's not the coach of this team when he's actually not the coach of this team. It's going to take a lot, I think, for them to make a move. Jeremy, what about the guy that we've kind of dubbed the most important guy in the franchise short of Terry Pagula, and that's Josh Allen. I mean, you know, there's certainly some some blame that needs to be assessed on his play, his decision-making, which going into this season we thought was going to be critical to the Bills' success, his ability to make the right decision in the moment, protect the football, which we haven't seen with any sort of consistency this season. Where do you think he's at with all of the changes this week? We know how much Ken Dorsey meant to him when Brian Dayball left. He and endorsed Ken Dorsey. He wanted Ken Dorsey. The, the, the organization gave the quarterback what he wanted and it, it turned out to be a failure. Uh, as I said, all that about like McDermott being safe, some guy that could probably undo that. Right. And that might be Josh. If he was really unhappy with where things were going. I mean, Steph Diggs and that drama with, with McDermott. I mean, that was a little bit of a bad look for McDermott back at mini camp and having your number one receiver be estranged from the team or whatever. Like there've been, there's a lot of smoke around Victor relationships, but you know, if you win, that's fine for Allen. You know, I, I'm, I'm a little different from everybody else when it comes to interceptions and turnovers. I generally say, I don't care about interceptions. And I, I really kind of mean that I don't care. You're going to throw them. If you're, if you're a passing team, you're going to throw picks and you know, Allen leading the league in interceptions last year, they were great. Well, we didn't care because they scored enough points to overcome those. And, you know, it's, it's kind of living dangerously. If you're a golfer, you're going to hit driver on the par five because you're playing for Eagles. Like, okay, the Bills are the kind of team that plays for birdies and plays for Eagles, and they can, frankly, get them an awful lot. But now, without the scoring liability being there, all of a sudden those, those turnovers, the fumbles, the interceptions, they become much more glaring. So, um, you know, getting Allen in a better situation, a better offense where guys are schemed open, a better number two receiver, which has been something I've been banging the drum for for like three years. Um, you know, I would never leave him doubting for weapons. It would be the most flush offensive team I could possibly get. I would build everything on the offense. And that's kind of where that battle for the identity comes in because for the first, what, four or five years of Sean McDermott, how many picks in the first two rounds were spent on defensive ends and linebackers and corners? Like he's going to get his his pieces for his defense, and I feel like this is the first offseason they really gave a lot of attention to the offense, and it still needs more. Does uh, Sean McDermott need help on the defensive side of the? I mean, this is the question we asked uh, during camp. Uh, like the like idea that was this too much for? him or any uh, NFL head coach, knowing the, the the stress that goes into that position, not only uh, to be the head coach, but also the defensive coordinator. Could you see that being the compromise here where maybe McDermott gives up a little power next season? Could be, right? But even that, it's, is that going to be fresh eyes? Is that going to be somebody from the inside? 
you know, like I think one of the one of the failings of Bill Belichick right now, all time great coach, right? One of the great is everything he ever does is from the inside. His offensive coordinators, sometimes coordinators that he hires to be offensive coordinators, like it kind of looks like no one will work for Belichick other than people that have already worked for him. And that looks like a limiting game. So if the Bills want to get a defensive coordinator, it's just, you know, promoting somebody within. And I guess McDermott gets a little bit more time back, a little bit more attention to focus on what? Like we don't want him on the offense, right? That's another part of it. So um, I don't know if it's too much for him. I tend to think it's not, uh, but you know, he's the head coach and, he says that a lot. He says, I'm the head coach. I'm the head coach. So I think he feels the pressure of all that. And again, like he, he's taking a lot of shots right now. I think he's a good, good head coach. And the noise about whether or not he's got enough to get you to the end. Well, that's been a lot of noise to me. And I, I think now it's maybe a little louder than ever. Uh, what about the lack of Kyer Elam? I, I don't want to sweep, uh, you know, the inability of a first-round draft pick to get a jersey on game day. What's your take on on how they've handled Kyrie Elam, and, and you know, where do we go from here? It's a funny one because there have been a couple times they've talked about Elam. Bean one time talked about it and said, "I wish I could tell you it's that he's you know he's not working hard or whatever." He said that about practice and kind of alluded to, I don't know if they just don't think he picks up what they do, or I, I don't know. Like, it's a little bit of a mystery. He's had good grades from Pro Football Focus when he's in there, and he remains, you know, a complete non-factor on the bench, out of the lineup. I, I don't really think of him as much of really anything. I mean, he's out of sight, out of mind to some degree, but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a huge miss, huge miss. And there's been a little bit of a rumble, by the way, the last couple of years, that the Bills wanted uh, Trent McDuffie. And when they didn't get him, that became a problem because, you know, who got him was the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Like, that would have been their guy. He went to the Chiefs. He's good. And all of a sudden, the Bills are left with plan B, which, you know, at the draft, you never hear about the fact that you're on plan B. It's always, oh, I have a, the board felt perfect. Everything went great. But there's a couple moves in there where, you know, whether it's uh, Epinesa, Boogie Basham, it's just they've made these picks where they're just not getting the returns. I mean, first and second rounds, offense, defense, Elam's probably the biggest example of it, but I'm surprised they don't trade him. Maybe they're afraid that if he went somewhere else, he would flourish, but he's just kind of sitting around, and the fact that he wasn't moved to the deadline to me was a big surprise. Jeremy White is our guest here. Jeremy, I'd hate to think of what this offense would look like without Steph Diggs in it. Um, he, it, it, Danger and I have the opinion that he's the best player on this team, and I, I hate asking for you to comment on you know something on social media, but here we go again with Diggs, where you have the comment from his brother in regards to Diggs and his status in in Buffalo. So, what is your level of concern here with Steph Diggs? Uh, you know, if the season doesn't go uh, the way that we all hope it will. Well, I'm very concerned because if he were to leave, they need two receivers, <laughs> maybe three. Uh, and then they need a, a wide receiver number one. And, you know, where are you going to find that? I don't know if it's going to be free agency. There'll be options. I mean, I, I would, of course, be nervous to turn things over to just anybody. Diggs is a top five receiver in the sport and has been since he got here. So um, I, I do always want to point out, though, that like all the Steph Diggs drama, it does always come from other people. And it gets, I mean, sure, it's his brother this time, right? His brother said something. And then it'll be, I don't know, like 
when it happened in Minnesota, he said at his press conference, like, you didn't hear anything from me. He tweeted, maybe it's time for a new beginning, which, you know, someone could put that as their status on a Thursday. Right. Let's just start a new diet. Everything that ever happens with Diggs doesn't come from him. So he might be crafty in that way, but he hasn't said anything. He's getting his numbers. He's a part of the team. He cares an awful lot. And if, if he cares a lot and thinks there's something wrong, I have no problem with him saying something's wrong. And if he gets out, well, then the problem I don't think is that he wants out. I think the problem is whatever it is that wants, you know, forces him to want to get out. Jeremy, while we have you, we should probably you know you know pick your brain a little bit about what's going on with the Sabers so far this season. A bad bad night for the team last night against Boston, and then the word that Tage Thompson is going to miss a significant amount of time here this season. Have the Sabers been playing up to your expectation up to this point this season? And what does the rest of it look like if you're missing your star forward? No, they have not, and it's very very disappointing. There, there is good news. Nobody in their division really is playing great, so. You know, they're not dead and buried, but no, I don't think they look good really at all. And I saw today they're 24th in expected goals for in the league at five on five. 24th is pretty bad. When you include power play, their power play is really bad. They are 30th in the league in expected goals. Mm -hmm. This is a team that scored a ton, right? Like all of a sudden, it's kind of like the Bills offense on some level. Like, hey, I'm just waiting for you to look good any one game. And... A couple of Fridays ago, I went to the Flyers game, which was Oof. the game after they beat the Flyers when they played bad. Yeah. Like, okay, you're home for a Friday night. Here comes your bounce back game. You, I, I was bullish on them. And they were terrible again. So I am really worried about them. And the fact that Tage is out for a couple of weeks, I don't know who's going to save them. I mean, now your injuries are Tage and Quinn and Talk has been in and out of the lineup, banged up. And Cousins was hurt and just come back. And like all of it is just, it's not good. I'm not getting the otherworldly goaltending from Levi that I got at the end of last year. It's almost like all the exciting things, nothing's hitting, which, again, that's not good. The only silver lining is that if they fight their way through it, I'll make another golf analogy. Like, if you know, you don't blow up too much on your blow-up holes. You can still put in a pretty good round. And right now, like, they are battling, and I, I don't have high hopes. <laughs> I'd like to see a good game or two in a row, you know, imagine that two good games in a row from them, where they look like the superior team. It's, uh, it's troubling. Jeremy, of all the dumb rules in sports, I think one of the dumbest is, hey, you can be a pro in the NHL, but we can't send you the American Hockey League. No, 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 you got to go back to junior. So it is the rule. Uh, Zach Benson, has he done enough to kind of stick? I guess that's part one of the question. And then should it be independent of the question of, okay, if it's yes or no or maybe, well, the fact that now that you have these injuries, including uh, Tage Thompson, now does that, should that factor into their decision whether or not uh, Benson goes back to junior or does he stick here? That's a good question. I don't know. Like Savoy went back right away. Yeah. So uh, Benson has three more games to prove it. They are interested in Patrick King. And I don't know how much you like that idea. Some people like it. Others don't. I tend to believe the people that think Kane is shot or doesn't have much left, but there's a relationship with Kane and Granado. There's a relationship with Kane and Kevin Adams. So, are they going to choose between Benson and Patrick Kane for a year? It depends, I guess, like on the term and the money that Kane gets. But um, that interest is real. That, that, that's definitely real. That they are they are in contact and in those sweepstakes as as they are. I would be surprised if Benson stays at this point. Preseason was great. 
how many times has he been around the net? Then, then again, like nobody on the team is sniffing too many goals. Like they're, they're struggling to score, but Benson has not had a lot of chances and hopefully, you know, we, he's got three games to be good enough to tell them he's worth another, what, 60. So I think I'd be surprised if he sticks. They've got guys in Rochester that are ready made and ready to go. Yeah. How, how can Benson make it over Kulik, right? Like that guy's ready. Is he not? Everything I see is that he's been amazing for like a year and a half. So they've got guys in Rochester that are ready. And I think I'd be surprised if Benson jumps them. So Jeremy, let, let's look ahead to, to late Sunday afternoon. The Bills uh, host the Jets. Uh, we don't have to think about week one. We don't want to go back to that place. But the, the Bills is seven-point favorites. I, I've been saying for weeks, I don't know how the Bills can be considered a, a touchdown or greater favorite against any team, even a team that can't find the end zone like the Jets. What, what are your, what's your outlook for, for late afternoon on Sunday? I think that they'll win. I think they'll be fine. They should have beaten the Jets the first time. Zach Wilson is what? I mean, he went in. They, they didn't game plan for Zach Wilson. This is that a slight defense, right? They game plan for Rodgers, and Wilson's more mobile, so they'll rush him differently. They'll cover him differently. I think they'll win knowing what they've got to do. The game plan will also be, I mean, I, I would bet the under. The, the line on the game for the over-under is 40, and I would bet the under because I think you're about to see a ball control Tyrod Taylor managed the football game performance from Josh Allen and that'll get it done. Like they'll, they'll, they'll go into this game planning to win 16 to 10. And I think they'll get it. Excitement. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, what, Jeremy, I what be wrong? I yeah, mean, hey, maybe it'll be 35, 31. Who knows? They scored 16 points uh, last time. So I see what you did there against this team. Jeremy, what do you and uh, Joe have uh, planned on the show tomorrow morning? Tomorrow. Tomorrow we uh, well we always preview the, th- the Thursday game, put together a little you know three leg parlay and do a little fantasy sports. The thing about the thing I, I am really interested in, like it's way too early to say this about Brady, but let's for a moment if if I could just be whatever optimistic or whatever about Brady. He's thirty four, and a lot of the good young coaches, offensive coaches in this league, are young, young prodigies, right? And here's Joe Brady, who was with LSU as their passing game coordinator to win a national title, he was 30. Yeah. So to do that and jump into the NFL and, oh, you landed in the wrong spot and then had to go here and here, like that is not an odd career arc. And when you find guys like whether it's Mike McDaniel or, you know, uh, Sean McVay, like all those guys that are from that same tree, he doesn't have to be from the same tree. He's on the Sean Payton tree to a degree, but – I guess I'm holding out hope that they found themselves a 34 year old, you know, wonder genius guy that's going to fix everything. So um, I might want to kick that idea around of, of of a young, bright mind that's part of this offense, and everybody's got to eventually answer that question of what if it goes great? What do they do? <laughs> do they just turn back to the next Ken Dorsey? Like if it goes great, what do they do? And I don't think it's that's easy anymore. Jeremy, it's uh, always great having you on with us. Appreciate you giving us some of the time during your busy day, and we'll uh, be listening tomorrow morning. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy White, WGR. Hear him tomorrow morning in the free-to-download Odyssey app, our Odyssey Sports sister station in Buffalo. Why did the Jets cut Michael Carter? Uh, He was just claimed by Arizona. Ah. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that. They they have a fifth-rounder rookie that they really like that they haven't really been able to get on the field, and Carter was kind of standing in the way of that. Um. But I always thought Carter was a decent 
back. Not a great back, but a decent back. Mm-hmm. Productive when you need him to, and he played some special teams as well. So, okay, so he goes to Arizona. That was just one of the things we were going to kind of like look around the NFL. I mean, the, the, I, did the Jets think that what the Bills did last week worked so well that they had to do it themselves before they play the Bills? Players only meeting with the New York Jets. <laughs> oh, boy. And they did move on from Michael Carter, who just got claimed, as you mentioned, by the Cardinals. Um, yeah, they haven't found the end zone here in, in a couple of games. And, you know, they're not going to make any changes according to Robert Sala. It'll be Zach Wilson. It'll be Nathaniel Hackett. No Michael Carter, but the same Jets offense that we saw essentially week one. Nathaniel Hackett was once the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. So you realize that you know, sometimes you, you find a good one, but most of them are just dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deshaun Watson, boy, I feel bad for Browns fans. You know, the fact that, like, wow, that is as quality a win for Cleveland as if I can remember battling back in Baltimore. Maybe this is the win that sends you on the way. And you see that little spark from Watson, and we all don't like Deshaun Watson, uh, the, the person, but as a football player, maybe you can just kind of look the other way. Uh, it's not even an option today. Uh, results of an MRI from earlier the week. Um, his right shoulder has a displaced fracture surgery, and that's it for the season. He also has a high ankle sprain he was battling through. So Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be starting uh, in Watson's place on Sunday, which is kind of hilarious considering that, well, the guy that everybody's toasting right now is the ultimate backup. They had him in Cleveland. Do you not remember? Dobbs, Dobbs was, was traded to Arizona. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I'm excited as a Bears guy because Justin Fields is making his return to, uh, to <laughs> kidding. Um, but it looks like he's in line to start Sunday against uh, the Lions after missing the last four games with a, a thumb injury. He wasn't able to grip the football. He's been practicing all of last uh, week and continues to you. practice this week. Thank you. Thank you for not having that game on Thanksgiving this year. Oh, no. You get the Packers instead. Well, you, will you, well, you don't get Justin Fields. Will you settle for a Jordan Love? <laughs> I think I've hit my quota of Bears football. Yeah. yeah. No, they don't deserve to be in primetime, and I hate that I have to continuously apologize when they are. A happy hour is on the way next in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. Uh, We've got plenty to unpack from what we just heard from Jeremy White. We've got uh, your calls at 866-4FAN if you want to join us, 585-866-4326. We'll also get to a uh, round of shots all coming up in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Get ready to start the NFL week off right tomorrow night. And right now, all customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay for tomorrow night's Thursday night football game. Just place a three-leg same-game parlay on this week's game between the Ravens and Bengals. You'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike so you don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat same-game parlay on America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21-plus and physically present in New York. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8HOPE-N. Or text Hope NY 467-369. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 